0: Welcome to my podcast, Traumatic Transformations, where we help you find hope, peace, and purpose after a big life change or a traumatic event. I'm your host, Kunjini Patel, and I'm a licensed mental health therapist, trauma specialist, and a neuroscience nerd. Join me as I dive deep into resiliency, post-traumatic growth, and normalized mental health to reduce the stigma associated with it. In each episode, I plan to deliver science-backed, actionable tips and strategies so you can take back the control over your life and be inspired to be the best version of yourself with each day forward. So tune in every Tuesday for a featured guest and every Thursday for a solo episode with me, where we unpack mind, body, brain, and spirit connections related to each episode with the featured guest. Just a quick disclaimer before we begin today. The purpose of this podcast is to inform you, educate you and raise your awareness. It is not intended to replace any medical advice or professional help seeking that you may need. So please use this information wisely and any opinion that I cast is not to replace any medical advice. And quickly before we start today, I just wanted to ask you a favor. If you like what you hear today, don't forget to subscribe so you never have to miss an episode. Thank you so much. And if you rate and review, it would really help us with the algorithms, so people can easily search the show if they would like. So I would really love to hear your feedback and what you have to say uh, so I can bring you the content that's most fit for you. Thank you so much. Hello and welcome to another episode of Traumatic Transformations. Um, Today, we have with us um, Nicole Watson, who is also known as the Life Snatcher. She is a certified suicide prevention specialist and proud life survivor. She supplies prevention resources, tools, and strategies to influencers, community allies, and people wrestling with suicidal ideation. She's created a village that delivers the support and guidance to those who are suffering and our need um, to live a life free of unresolved pain and hopelessness. Nicole has also the following certifications she's certified in Applied Suicide Intervention Skills Training, Safe Talk, More Than Sad Facilitator Certification, Mental Health First Aid for Adults, Mental Health First Aid for Youth. And Nicole, also works hard to make a difference in the lives of all the people that she meets. She's very active in several community organizations and she desires to change the narratives as it relates to suicidal ideation. So people know that it's okay not to be okay and that there is hope and help for any situation. Today, Nicole has talked to hundreds of people who have been suffering from suicide and have are experiencing and are living to experience, coupled um, with her unique gifting and purpose that has allowed her to achieve this monumental success. So, welcome so much to the show um, today, Nicole, with us. Really Thank happy you. to have you here. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely! It's I can't wait to dive in and talk about suicide because, as a personally, as a mental health therapist and a trauma specialist, with you know, specializes in depression and anxiety, that's something that I see in my work all the time. And personally, having gone through, you know, places in my times that had, that have been quite dark, I really am really happy to speak with you about this. And especially, you know, the, as a community start talking about suicide when it's uh, uh, September and, you know, suicide prevention month. But to me, I find this topic very important, very relevant because, you know, there is so much, uh, um, that happens um, and it's a topic that's that has so much stigma associated with it and it's a topic that we don't discuss or talk about enough. So thank you so much for being here today and talking to us everything that you know about suicide because clearly you are a specialist. So tell us all about you. Tell us how your journey started and your personal experience with it so that um, my listeners get an idea of how it led you to become a specialist in this area.
1: So oh, um I started back in 2011 Mm -hmm. and um, I saw a young lady who died by suicide and it just did something to me and it just reminded me of how easily that could have been me, you know, Mm -hmm. and um, so I did a conference call Mm -hmm. and I talked about suicide and suicide prevention Mm-hmm. So from there I became really interested in it because it was something that I dealt with, you know, myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so um in about 2013-ish, I made a video. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those um voiceover videos and it went viral. Mm-hmm. And I was telling my story, right? So from there, so many people, like people in the church, people everywhere, wanted to know um how i was able to be so brave and you know how did i overcome you know what Mm, i'm saying yes and so then when i started telling them i still go through this i still deal with this you know but this is how i deal with it from there i became able to educate people and then it was just like i was the go-to person for suicide prevention and there
0: I've been are. doing it ever since. Yeah. Wow, how inspiring. So would you be so kind as um since I didn't get a chance to watch that video I would love to, you know, get a hold of that video that went viral, but if you would be so kind to sort sort of just give us a background of your story and what was your story like for my listeners who might be or who have or who know people who might be going through things that, you know, you went through. So,
1: I grew up in the church. I was a church girl. And, you know, we were taught that you pray about things, you go to church, you praise your way through it, you keep going, Mm -hmm. you don't go to the world um, Mm -hmm. to get help. And so for, yeah, so for most of my life, I just kind of swept it under the rug. Um, I dealt with a lot of depression,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: a lot of abandonment, Mm -hmm. a lot of rejection, just a lot of stuff. Right. And so um sometimes I was suicidal because I wanted to get back at people mm. like I want you to miss me and I want you to feel the guilt
0: mm. of
1: how you have pushed me to the side
0: mm. you just sometimes seen. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. seeing her yeah sometimes it was just something going on in my head where stuff was off balance and I couldn't help it and then sometimes it was just I didn't want to die but I didn't want to live
0: mm, you
1: just and didn't I think, feel the pain that you mm-hmm. were going through correct and I think that's important because a lot of times people will say well I don't know anybody who's suicidal because right. they think being suicidal is I want to jump off a bridge
0: right <laughs> thank you so much but, for- yeah but if I'm you talking. wake up
1: every day yes. and you wish you were dead it's oh, the awesome. same thing
0: Yep. Yep.
1: Yep. If you wake up every day and you wish a Mack truck would hit you and kill you, yep. it's the same thing. Yep. And so I think people don't always realize that it's literally the same thing. Right. Absolutely. And so I just got to a point in my life where I was tired of hiding. Mm-hmm. I was tired of seeing people being stigmatized. I was tired mm-hmm. of people not having a voice. I was tired of people being made fun of or having mental health challenges. I was tired of people in the church. Um, there was a big thing where every time a pastor would die mm-hmm. by suicide, mm-hmm. they would say, well, you need to pray for pastors. Mm-hmm. And pastors have it so hard. And I would be like, the person didn't kill themselves because they were a pastor. Right. They killed themselves because they had a mental illness right and so instead of focusing on the person's occupation right let's focus on making sure people have access to mental health resources because whether you're a pastor or a sanitation worker right mental illness is mental illness yeah and we like to center people and make people martyrs when they die by suicide oh he died for the cause oh being a pastor is so hard oh being a firefighter is so hard all of that is true yep but what you should center is the fact that something was so wrong with the person's mind
0: absolutely that
1: the breaks in their head that would normally keep them from harming themselves didn't work
0: yes Thank you so, so if, much for saying that. Yeah, because, yeah. You know, we and and my, one of my biggest goals for having you on here and talking about suicide in the first place, um, in this show, I really try to bring on topics that we normally as society don't tend to discuss. You know, mm-hmm. we sort of react when things happen instead of being preventative and mm-hmm. you know, knowing and educating and being informed that mm-hmm. this can happen to any one of us personally or anyone around us at any point of our life you know it's it's not that oh i had a great childhood so i'm just not going to suffer anything you know later anything can happen to any one of us and like you said you know it really there it's not something that one can prevent or not think of it literally is the chemical imbalances in their brain that is leading them to think this way Normally, we don't tend to think this way if we are, you know, um, feeling or mentally healthy and stable. But Mm -hmm. there are times in our lives that circumstances, events, and, you know, um, things happen or the phases of life that we go through that lead us, if they're unresolved and not taken care of or processed, um, they can lead us to some very dark places. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And then if you now have the ability to seek your truth that only compounds how you feel thank you because you face it but you have no
0: outlet to be able to say I'm going through this so it just it makes it worse absolutely so important because you know that one of the things that you meant two things that you mentioned earlier one of them was you know um that you just didn't feel hurt you didn't Mm -hmm. feel seen and when we as a society um Normally, because we don't talk about it, you know, when we talk about mental illness and mental health issues, we empower people who are going through those issues to be able to come and speak with us. If we are people who don't talk, or we are not approachable, or we have such a stigma associated with suicide, as in, sh- don't talk, otherwise, the person, as if we're planting seeds and the person will commit suicide because we are talking about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's the mentality that we tend to have. Oh, if we talk about suicide, they'll go and commit suicide. No, they've thought about committing suicide long before you even thought that they might, they might do that, you know? So I, I think that's one thing. And the other thing that you said is that the person just doesn't feel hurt, can't relate to other people, uh, you know, or don't think that other people can, are approachable to be even being able to be a safe place for you to come and waste some of your concerns that you're going through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I think that it's very important to realize that you don't put the idea in somebody's head. Thank if you. I say to you, hey, have you ever thought about being an astronaut? You're not going to get up the next day and be like, oh, my God, I want to be an astronaut because Nicole asked me. like, No. And, right. and studies show that one of the, the best things you can do to prevent suicide is to straight up ask somebody. Thank you. are you thinking like that's what they teach you yes that you need to be able to have the conversation and not cop out and say are you thinking about hurting yourself because somebody who's thinking about killing themselves they're not thinking about hurting themselves they're thinking about killing themselves right hurting yourself is something you come back from right they don't want to come back you know what i mean and so i think it's important to Destigmatize not just having mental illness, but destigmatize the conversation around yes, you need to ask your child, are you thinking about killing yourself?
0: Absolutely. And yeah. tell us one of the things that people can do then, because again, suicide is a very heavily loaded subject, you know, mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why people don't talk about it. And, you know, and, and so t- to help my listeners, so let's say if they were not thinking about suicide, but they were going or living with, or, you know, were related to, or had a friend who was going through suicide, how do I deal with my big feelings if you say yes? you know, like, let's say if you were trying to commit suicide and if I asked you straight up, yes, I'm going, I'm, I'm thinking about killing, what, what can they do to help them um, further? I always tell people, you need to know what you're going to say before you ask, because don't sit there and ask somebody. Right. And then,
1: you don't know what to do, and then they're looking at you like, "See, that's why I never." You know what I mean?
0: Right. So, and that's exactly why I wanted to bring this up. Yeah, yeah. Know how to prepare themselves yeah. after they ask them, because most of the time people don't ask because they don't know. Because they don't know what how, to say. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's very
1: important that you go into the conversation um, with your plan. And a lot of times, what people don't know, you can call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline with your friend. You can call it for your friend. Yes. So what I always recommend is you have statements that you make to the person like, I'm here for you. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to sit here with you. We can figure it out. We can yes. get help together. I can call the lifeline with you. I can call the lifeline so they can tell me what to say because I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Thank you. But no, just, no, no, no.
0: These are very yeah. important tips because most people don't know in America because a lot of my listeners are from around the world. So I want to make sure that in America, there's a concept called suicide national suicide prevention hotline um mm-hmm. nicole at the by the end of our discussion we'll have all the information for you but it's a 1-800 number that you can actually call and there are people on the other side literally sitting on the way phone or ready to chat with you if you have questions whether you are going through it or whether you are someone helping through someone through You know, Uh they're very trained professionals like her and myself who just volunteer to help people maneuver through this because most people don't know what to do about it. And we can so prevent someone going, you know, from killing themselves if we better educate ourselves through these outlets, through these mediums, through just being informed. Um, so thank you so much for mentioning that because that's so important. And just to be able to provide that space of empathy as in, and not, you know, because a lot of times, one of the things that I also find with people is that they get so afraid of their big feelings as a result of, you know, Uh that they are so they jump in and try to save the person Uh when all the person wants is just to be heard. To be higher, yeah. And even children, it's really big because, you know, um, I was, uh, lately studies have been really focusing, especially with, you know, Generation Z, the Gen Z population that they call, which is kids and people who are born after 1996. And for those population, because of the social media and because of, you know, the the adolescents being very important part of our life, very developmentally important part of our life, where so much is going on, literally... Preteen suicide ra- rates have gone up since for 72% and teen suicide rates have gone up 171%. That's a big deal. We can them. literally, literally, literally help all those children, all those adults who are going through this because just because we decide not to talk about it or it's not happening to people in our near community does not mean that this is not happening. So mm-hmm. I think it's really important that we are informed about what to do know what to do with our big feelings when somebody says yes I'm going to kill myself and refrain from trying to save them or protecting them or helping them instead being empathetic and trying to put yourself in their shoes and asking them how can you help instead mm-hmm. of saying you need to go to the doctor or oh you let's you know scaring them by your big feelings So just Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, being non-judgmental and providing an environment where someone can just open up and talk to you instead of trying to tell them what to do, impose your values on them, trying to protect them and save them because they're going to say the things you want to hear, but then going to go out there and do the things you don't want to see.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also think it's important to not always try to solve the person's problem. Thank you. So if the person is suicidal because they need their mortgage paid, you don't just say, oh, well, I'll pay your mortgage because they're going to need their mortgage paid the next month and the next month and the next month. We need to move you into being able to cope with the situation that's causing you not to be able to pay your mortgage. And then we can figure out how we're going to pay it. But if you go and you try to be the end all be all, oh, well, you can come live with me. Oh, I'll pay your car payment. I'll pay your insurance. I'll do this. I'll fix it. I'll fix it you never get to the root of the problem and the root of the problem is that something is wrong with the person's mind yeah and you can right. pay their rent and for brain. 2 years mm-hmm. their right. literal brain and right. you can pay their rent for 2 years and if their brain is not well it will show brain. up in something else yes you know and so we just have to be careful that we don't try to feed our own egos and become saviors to people because it makes us feel better and that we really take the time to understand something in a body part of theirs is
0: not working. Absolutely, so mm-hmm. true. I really am so glad that you emphasized that because you know sometimes we try to help others and we try to take over by trying to, but that doesn't resolve the deep nope. down underlying subconscious messages that they have the messages, the beliefs that they have, the perceptions that they have, all these things, the values that they have growing up and how they got to this first, got to this place in the first place, it was compounded over time. And one of the things that I find in my work is just, it just gets worse over time. So if you think that, oh, I'm having, and one of the things that I've learned in, in my work and trainings about suicide was that Suicide is like a spectrum. It starts with a thought, like an Mm -hmm. intrusive thought that you can't, you, you don't have any control over. It'll be there, here and there. And then over time, if you don't resolve your trauma or your issues, or like Nicole was saying, underlying, you know, subconscious beliefs, perceptions, and, you know, things that you acquired about some of the things that you've been through in life that compounded, it only gets worse. So you want to talk to us a little bit about how it starts with the thought and then how, you know, there's a whole spectrum of intent and the actual, yeah. So I know sometimes with me, I just use my lived experience Mm because I go
1: through this still
0: today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: You'll be walking and you'll be like, you'll get a thought like, why are you even here? Right. Or you'll get a thought like, is your life ever going to get better? Like, why do you keep torturing yourself you know with the same jack of life or you'll get a thought like you know nobody really cares about you or you'll encounter someone and you'll get a thought like you know they hate you right and then it'll be you know everybody hates you or it'll be we're in a pandemic it's not getting better life will never be the same why am i like why don't i just or You'll be going through something really happy. Mm -hmm. Have a really good day. Mm -hmm. And it'll be like, why don't you just end right here on this high note? Why don't you just let this be it? Just, this is it, you know? Yep, yep, yep. And if if you continue to sit with it, Mm -hmm. it'll be like, well, you know, you could go and ride into oncoming traffic Mm. because, you know, Nobody would really care. I wonder how many people would be upset if you died. And then you'll start rehashing all these things that happen to you, all the people who upset you, all the people. And then it'll be you're always by yourself. You're alone. And then you'll start to feel like you're and it. And it just it's so many different things. And it's like if you're not actively counteracting those thoughts, they just race race yeah race over and over and over and you're like and until finally you get so frustrated that you want to be like you know what where is a gun where is a bridge where is something because I'm tired of fighting with myself every day for hours about staying alive you know and I think what people don't understand um even when you go on social media
0: Mm -hmm. And you Mm -hmm.
1: see somebody who wants to kill themselves because of a breakup. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: The breakup isn't it. Yep. It was they were fighting with themselves all day. Yep. And then somebody was mean to them on their job. Mm
0: -hmm. And then
1: they got in traffic and they were aggravated. Aggravated. And then their mind is just talking to them all day. And then they get home and their significant other is like, I'm done with you. And That's That's the straw that breaks the camel's back. And so we get so, well, it's not even that serious. You about to kill yourself because you lost your job. No, there is something in my mind that causes things to feel so much greater than what they are. So what to you would be a molehill to me is a mountain range. Because that's the way my mind presents it to me, because something is going on in my head, you know? And so I just think it's important to have that awareness that something is really wrong and, and it's, it's, it's never ending. Absolutely. When you, when you listen to people who talk about being addicted yep. to crack cocaine, yep. they talk about how they have to lock themselves in the closet. Yep. to keep themselves from going anywhere because yep. there's a voice in their head telling them to go do crack, go do crack, go do crack. It's, it's the same thing.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: There is something within you telling you that you need to die. Yep. And I don't think people realize suicidal thoughts are more than I broke up with my boyfriend. I want to die. It's something people fight every
0: single day. And I'm so glad you mentioned this because it's so important that I want to talk about the neuroscience behind this, you know, a little bit, because what happens is that it's an accumulation of things that happens over time when you first start the thought. So every thought in our brain, you know, um, has a neural connection. Our brain is made up of cells and 86 billions of them, right? Mm-hmm. And those neurons are then connected to 10,000 other neurons. And then those 10,000 neurons each carry with it messages across our body, even though our brain has the you know, mass density of that, it, it carries all these messages across our brain, uh, our, our body. And then for every thought, we have a neural connection. So anytime we pay attention to a particular thought, those neural connections, they grow into each other. They grow and they get bigger. So let's say, like you said, if you're thinking about something, and if that's your mindset and your pattern of thinking that you get into, which, like you said, with other, you know, neurotransmitters and all the other things that are there in our body they are supposed to be stabilizing each other, sometimes over time, we get to a place that it starts with, you know, something that 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 was minuscule, but then it didn't sit right. So we made a belief that you know what? I am powerless. Then it goes into you, you know, you, there are other things that happen in our life. So it compounds with time. And then we get to a place where we're like, I am not loved. I am Mm -hmm. not enough. You know, I am not lovable. All of these deep, dark beliefs that we form, form about ourselves, those Mm -hmm. neural networks then grow. So it's like, we'll be thinking about going to a grocery store and all of a sudden something will happen and we'll be like, why am I even here? What am I even living here for? Like yeah, And, you know, it's like those neural connections are so strong and so widespread at this point that you have no control over it. So it's not just, you can think your way outside, you know, your your way out of trauma or out of your problems. Unfortunately, you cannot because those neural connections are so big and so strong. So mm-hmm. unless you make a conscious effort of building other neural networks or connections, such as, you know what, maybe there is hope. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe
0: I should go get help. Maybe I should look into other things or talk to people about this. Maybe, you know, I don't have to live in this pain. You grow those neural connections. And Mm -hmm. that's why it's important as a society for us to provide an environment for those people who are going through those issues to build those neural connections because they can't even think hope. They don't want to think hope. They feel so much like a burden and they feel so much pain every day where getting up is even a problem. And for some people, it's it, like I said, it looks very, it, it's a spectrum. So it's just some, for some people, like you said, it starts with a thought. Then it's, you know, really intrusive, dark thoughts over time. Mm-hmm. Then those thoughts gets bigger and then there is a possibility of intent like, hmm. How, if I were to do it, what would I use? You know, OD, pills, or like you said, bridge, gun, knife, um, number of different ways that, you know, this could happen with. Mm -hmm. Then there, there is really like, okay, let me start thinking about my plans and how I would go do it and what I would, you know, go through it. How, and then once you are in that rabbit hole, it just keeps getting deeper, deeper and more intrusive. And then eventually there comes a place where there's a plan, there's an intent, there is all like, there is suicide notes because then when we do suicide risk assessment, one of the things that we ask for is, you know, if you were to die, would anyone? You know, what would be one thing that would stop you from mm-hmm. actually killing yourself? So, if you say, "Oh, you know what? I wouldn't want to put my mother through it, or I wouldn't want my family to go through it, or you know, I, maybe there's just someone there that might want me around, or whatever." So, if we know as practitioners that you have someone that that would that could even possibly stop you, then we would be like, "Okay, maybe this is just thoughts, and you know, it's not." Completely, complete to the end. Uh-huh. Um, but if all of those things are not in place, and if you see, you know, people writing their will, or people, you know, handing over things, or people calling you and talking about, hey, it was really nice to have you as my friend, or hey, you know, um, I just love the time that we spent together. Consider all of those red flags. Definitely. So can you tell us more about the red flag so that, you know, people are aware of what that looks like? And then I I'll, we can talk about how to actually save that person's life. So pre-COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs>
1: Thank you for mentioning that. Ugh, the, the the red flags were stuff like if somebody stopped caring about their parents, if someone stopped um, wanting to go to social events. Yep um if someone talked about giving things away if someone talked about no longer being here if someone started doing reckless stuff like driving reckless or you know drinking a lot hoping Mm -hmm. that one
0: day just alcohol would kill you
1: yeah or like taking a whole bunch of drugs and stuff you know it was stuff like that um now yeah it's a little bit harder to More people are dying of
0: suicide than they're dying of coronavirus and yeah that's yeah the real reality and the truth unfortunately yeah. we cannot shy away from that yeah it's yeah happening all over us and around us so mm-hmm. I don't right think now away from it you know um makes it not happen it could mm-hmm. happen to anyone mm-hmm. of us
1: yeah and so i think now it's different because a lot of people don't care about their appearance because we're being collectively traumatized A lot of people don't want to go anywhere because they don't want to die of the coronavirus. And so now it's important to have conversations when you see people's behaviors change, period. Because we have been through a very abusive year. Yes. We've had people gaslighting us, making us feel like the reality that we're actually experiencing it's not happening. Right. Um, we have seen people dying in droves. We've had protests. We've had people killed by the police. We've had, you know, people rioting. We've had people being murdered. We've had all these. It's, it's just a lot. We've had people dying in the hospital, and you got to say goodbye to your mama on the iPad, and you got healthcare professionals oh. watching people die every single day, back to
0: Right. And healthcare professionals who are going through it seeing every day, they mm-hmm. are also not immune to it because there's mm-hmm. a concept of secondary vicarious trauma. We as healthcare frontline people yeah. go through it, seeing mm-hmm. so many people die and we can't do anything to save them.
1: And then and so you have much- a you have a lot of healthcare workers who can't see their families because they don't want to put their families in risk at risk. So then they're isolated and they're going through this, and they don't have their husband's shoulder to cry on. They don't have their kids to go home to hug because they don't want to kill their family. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And yes. so I think yes. now it's so important to have conversations and to check in with people. And checking in with people does not mean checking on their social media to see if they post, because a lot of people <laughs> who are suicidal post funny cat videos before they die. Oh. And you would go through their page And it would take you two, three, four weeks worth of posts for you to see where they said they were depressed because Mm -hmm. you have to understand when somebody makes up in their mind that they're going to die, that's it. Yep. Yep. So they go on, they go to the fair, they ride the roller coasters, they live their life. And then when the day comes that they want to do it, they do it. And then you look back like, they were just at a birthday party. You know what I mean? And that's why it's important to understand checking somebody's online profile is not checking on them yes, yes you need to right. check on the actual person pick up your iphone or your android call the person yes. text the person facetime the person because the normal signs that we would really go by aren't really there yes and yes. the risk is so much greater now Yep,
0: yeah, because we're in, in isolation, isolation. Mm-hmm. yes absolutely mm-hmm. Because one of the biggest things with suicide prevention we talk about, even in terms of help and you know, mental health help, mm-hmm. is that support, 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 support is yep. what people are looking through. Mm-hmm. And isolation and withdrawal is what people do when they are about to commit suicide. So yep. if you know that you are used to talking to your friend or your close one or your loved one, and if for some reason they are not themselves and are not uh, wanting to talk or connect to, then that's not a good sign. Call them. Yes. Call them and just tell them that you're there for them. You know, mm-hmm. and sometimes you call them and tell them you're there for them also is not enough for them. You know, um so tell us about reporting and tell us about, you know, if you know if if you find out that one of your loved ones is or you know close people Um, Once you ask them that, yes, if they say yes, what should you do? What should your next step be? First of all, I always
1: tell people if it's an emergency, call 911. Thank you. Period. The second thing I tell people is go and look in your area to see if there is a mobile crisis unit. And this is something you should just know. Yes. So that if anything happens, whether somebody wants to kill themselves, whether somebody is running away, whether somebody is on right. drugs, there's tornado, whatever, hurricane, anything, Yep. House catches on fire, some, whatever it is, you need to know if there's a mobile crisis in your area because the mobile crisis will come to you and yeah. help you with your crisis, right? Yes. So aside from that, you need to make sure you know the suicide prevention number in your country. Because yep. other countries have them. I just yep. don't know what yep. they're called. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but know who, who talks people out of suicide yep. in your country, right? And so the other thing you need to know is um, the, the way you position what you're going to say. So yep. I'm here to help you. Yes. I'm here to listen.
0: Yes.
1: It's not the time to give advice. And people ask me all the time, well, how do you talk? So many people have a suicide. And the answer is, I don't talk. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You just listen.
0: You I just literally get listen. on the phone and be like, Hey, I'm I'm so hang up. I'm just here to listen. Yeah. I'm, I'm like awkward silence. You just, yeah. Listen. I'm like,
1: I'm going to put you on speakerphone. There's nobody here but me. I'm going to put my phone down and I want you to tell me how you really feel yep and and that's the and, and when people get all of it out without having to hear well you shouldn't feel that way well other people have it so much better so much worse than you well you should be grateful for what you have and you should Nobody only want to hear that right Thank so you. when i let them express themselves i'm angry i'm frustrated i'm mad it's not fair life sucks i hate it i hate my mama I hate my daddy. I hate what happened to me when I was three. I hate the day I was born. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I want you to get it all out. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of times once you get it out, yep. you're so much more level and yep. you're at a, a much better position to be receptive of the help I'm about to tell you to go get. So then when I let them and I, when I say let it out, the
0: people let it out and not just be sitting there like, you know. <laughs> I've, I've volunteered I've for hotlines too and it's 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 intense, yeah. But, you, but imagine dealing like, with all of that day in, day in out, you. not being mm-hmm. able to voice any of that out and just voicing is not it. That voice comes with a lot of hurt, pain, disappointment, betrayal, mm-hmm. shame, guilt. I mean, it is loaded, mm-hmm. you know. So, and like, it's a wonder that people don't, know, explode like sometimes I just sit
1: there like you've been holding this in for 15 years yes you've been holding this in for 27 years yep and they they let it out and I just sit there like wow and then I come back and I'm like well thank you so much Hmm. for trusting me yes enough to be vulnerable you know all that. Yes. and then I say you know
0: I think we're going to be okay I
1: think I think we we I yes. think we can make it through this situation so yes. this is what I propose you know and that. then I tell them about Open Path Collective where you can go get therapy based on your income or I tell them about the hotline or I tell them about whatever's in their area, and yep. I hold their hand, and I'm like, hey, therapist, here is so-and-so, y'all, work it out, Yep. and then I step back, but I come in as the person who keeps you together right. until you can get over here right. to the person who can help you
0: Absolutely. with
1: what you have going on, Absolutely. and too, too many times, people want to be the therapist. Yes. When you're really just supposed to be the listener.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Or
1: the person who connects the person to the listener. Yes. The person who says, "You know what? I've never had a a stillborn child. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to pretend that I know what that's like." Right. But I have a resource. Let's call them and see how they can talk to you about this. Absolutely. And we have to learn suicide is so much bigger than call the suicide prevention hotline, right?
0: (laughs) Yes, of course.
1: If you have a baby and your baby passes away, Mm. you're suicidal because of the grief you feel for your baby. Mm. So in tandem with me knowing that you're suicidal,
0: mm.
1: I need to see how we can help you. Can we call the funeral home and see if they do grief counseling? Yes. Can we find a support group for you that's going to help you? Yes. Can I connect you with another mama who lost her baby
0: so y'all can talk I mean, and share? Talk about it. yes because healing is very collective experience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people can be in therapy, people can be on medication and yet they commit suicide. So Mm -hmm. even when when we get connected to people, one of the biggest things I help uh, people do is make sure that they have a support network whether it's in their families, whether it's in their communities, whether it's on social media, Mm -hmm. where these days, social media, luckily, I mean, as bad as it can be, it can also have a lot of good. You can Mm -hmm. find support groups of people and women and men who are going through very similar issues as you. And they are meant to be therapeutic because nobody else understands what we're going through. So why not connect with other people who might be going through it? Exactly. Yep. And, and support is everything.
1: And a lot of times people, when they get in those support groups or they get that counseling or they, they find people who they can relate to, it Absolutely. changes the game for them.
0: Absolutely.
1: Because they live for the next support group meeting or the yes. next Zoom or the next yes. therapy session. I know for me, yes, there were times when the purpose of my life was to get to my next therapy session so I could tell my therapist something else.
0: Yeah. And
1: all week I would just be like, okay, I gotta make it Aww. to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> because sometimes you have to give yeah. yourself something to look some forward hope, to.
0: Some hope to look forward uh-huh. to something. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you anymore. Um so glad that you mentioned that. Um because you know it's it's the little changes because like I was talking about the neural neural connections, you know, it's like over time we build all those negative neural connections, but over mm-hmm. time we can also renew and rebuild some of the positive connections. Because as children, when we come into this world, we don't have any malice. We're just born with full of love. It's our experiences that jade us and the experiences Mm -hmm. that we go through, the emotional abuse, abandonment, the, you know, all the different things that we go through as adults that jade us. So I think it's our, it's, it's imperative that we go back and find that love that we carry in our spirit. So you know, I think it's really important, like you said, that, you know, building the new neural connections take time. So when you're looking forward with hope for that next therapy appointment or for that next support group meeting or for that next thing, it's just something baby step that you are holding on to so badly. Definitely. Yeah. Because technically you don't want to die. You just don't want to feel the pain. That's more important. That's it. Yep. So Thank you so much. And tell us how people can, um, so as we're coming to the end of you know, this show, tell us how people can find you and about the important, important resource that you have created. Because obviously you are definitely the go-to person that I want to connect my listeners to in case they are ever going through people and they can't you know, get a hold of um, National Suicide Prevention Hotline and want to know other things. Uh, how can they find you and tell us about your resource that I am so excited about?
1: Thank you. So you can find me on um, my website, nicolewatson.com. It's N-A-K-O-L-E-W-A-T.
0: I also have all that
1: information on my uh, show notes, so please. Okay, apply. yeah, watso That's okay. my website. That's where I hang out. I'm also on Instagram. That's my second favorite hangout place, and it's my name as well. Um, I created something called the Ultimate Suicide Prevention Guide, and it is a resource that tells you everything you need to know about suicide prevention, it gives you statistics, it tells you what to say, what not to say, it gives you hotlines to call, classes you can take, resources you can use, where to go to order publications, how to create a mental health corner in your church, your business, your family, your community center, or whatever. It's really amazing, it comes with video lessons as well as an ebook it comes with a safety plan you can make for your family members so that in the event that something happens you'll already know who to call where your family member might be if they go missing to go think or something um what triggers them what makes them happy what makes them sad who they like to be around all kinds of stuff it's amazing it's something that i created out of what I remember about when mm-hmm. I was really suicidal, right? Yeah. So that is available at um, grabmyguide.com. And there's a whole page there that tells you all about it. It comes with a lot of amazing stuff.
0: Oh, You have so much passion with this. I so love it. But, you know, Thank you. Uh, I, I want to tell my listeners a little story behind that guide because I know when we were chatting a little earlier before we started recording – um, I remember you mentioning that I was in a hospital um, for some surgery or something. And even through that, I was sitting here creating this guide that is so comprehensive that i you have poured your heart and soul and passion into it. So I can absolutely see your passion with that. You are so amazing at what you do, Nicole. Thank you. And thank you so much for joining us today. And I can, and one of the things that I want to mention to people about this guide is that don't wait till, because nobody who is about to commit suicide has, um, you know, the whole suicide label on their forehead as if it's about to happen. Nope. So If you find your loved one going through depression or anxiety or PTSD or complex PTSD, I think it's a guide for everybody to just know And have and learn about before something major happens. I think Mm -hmm. that you mentioned about your guide is that it's just something that you have created out of your experiences and for people to know what to do in case it's, uh, um, you know, in case that it's something that they're going through or their loved ones are going through. So it's from both perspective. And it's really important that, I mean, I am trained in it. Now you are trained in it, but not everybody is even informed about what's going on. So I think it would just be something good to learn and know and have as a, like a pocketbook to just ha- guide someone through that process if they were ever going through it. So um, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Thank you. Absolutely. So um, like you, like Nicole said, find her at n-a-k-o-l-e-w-a-t-s-o-n-nicolewatson.com, right? Right and grabioguide.com. So I will have all the information about her in our show notes today. But thank you so 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 much for tuning in, Nicole. Today it's absolutely such an amazing conversation, and I think the entire world needs to hear this episode um, so that we can absolutely do our best to you know save people's lives um, through this because suicide shouldn't be the you know number ten mortality reason. for that people are dying in this world it's absolutely um, not okay and we can do something about this by being informed by being educated and by reaching out to people who are willing to talk about this and you know address this issue so uh, thank you so much for doing everything that you do and for coming on the show and um, sort of informing and guiding my um, audience through this
1: Thank you for having me I really appreciate it.
0: Yes, 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 it's been a pleasure. So to continue to tune in, if you like what you hear, please rate and review us and continue to send your feedback um, via email my email address is gpatel at gpatelcounseling.com and you know where to find me. Um, subscribe to this episode if you like listening to this so you never have to miss an episode and I love tuning in and speaking with you all every week and bringing you new topics that are not talked about but are very much important so that together we can build a community of people who are more informed educated and aware about mental health issues so we can build kinder communities and nations so thank you so much for tuning in